Thank you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for each and every one that have been mentioned here today. The anniversary, what a blessing. Continue to bless Jerry and Phyllis. We thank you, Lord, for the, the good work that's been provided for Ellen. We thank you, Lord, for family reunions and uh, seeing great-grandchildren and all those celebrations. We pray for that today. Thank you for the provision. Thank you for protection, as mentioned here. We ask for favor for these that have been desiring favor from you because we know it's all grace anyway, but we ask for that grace. We pray for Claude for the healing, dear Lord. We continue to pray for healing for Cynthia. We thank you, Lord, for protecting uh, Thelma's great-grandson. and Thank you for healing Phil and Jim. Thank you, Lord, today for the, the ministry that uh, you've provided for each one of us, even those that are not mentioned already that I'm aware of. But today, as Betty has mentioned, that ministry of the Spirit of the Lord and people who are in need. Thank you. Bring the people back safely as we pray for Kathy and faith and family, dear God. We pray for healing for Mary Pierce also, who is not with us, who we know she needs your healing touch. We pray for her this day. Bring her back soon, dear God. And we just thank you, Lord, today for the celebration of life that we have in this place and the things that you're doing in each of our lives. We were reminded to pray always and not faint, not give up. But we know we'll see the deliverance of the Lord as we continue to press into God. We thank you for your presence here, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. I talk about blessings of God. I talk about those things. This is a little bit different. Not really, but you may be able to relate to it. The trying of our faith. In the book of Judges, uh, we've talked about it over the years, and the people rebelled. Actually, to give you a little synopsis, the people rebelled against God, and he had to bring discipline in their lives for rebelling, for sinning against them. And so the pendulum would swing away, and then it would swing back. And when the judge was placed in place, many times the people would repent, come back to the Lord again, and of course the blessings of God would be poured out. Well, there's trouble many times in a Christian's life, and it's not always the consequence of sin. We know there is consequences to sinning. We know that. We know that when we, we sin that obviously we can get in a whole heap of trouble. Obviously, we need to confess it to the Lord, and we need to be convicted of it. But we know that uh, it brings about just natural consequences there, certainly. And, and yet, sometimes when we have trouble in life, it's not because of sin. How many of you know that it's just about life? You know life is filled with troubles. I, I, I'll say right up front, and you all know that I've said this a million times, is that is that we, this is not our home. This is not where we, it's a stopping off place, so to speak. I believe it's a dress rehearsal for heaven. I believe we're being prepared for something much greater. And even when we talk about what Jerry and the teaching today in, in Sunday school was regarding uh, when Jesus comes back and uh, casts the Antichrist out of the, the temple, as the church comes back with him. And, and we'll all be given an assignment. We, we obviously will go before the judgment seat of Christ, not for our salvation, we're saved, but we will be judged by what we have done for the Lord. Those things that uh, will not be burned up or rusted or anything, those things that 
will last throughout eternity. What we do for the Lord lasts. And, and certainly we know we ask God to check our motives and our attitudes in that and so forth. But what we do for the Lord are things that will last and, and remain throughout eternity. And so we see, obviously, that uh, the wonderful blessing of knowing that one day we will not be going through these things. We know Revelation talks about no more pain, suffering, tears, death, no more of these things. There will be no more of that. All things have passed away. And so we're prepared for that. But right now, they're troubled. And it seems like, and even Paul talks about it, we're troubled on every, every side. We're pressed in. We're, we're not crushed, but there's pressure seemingly, whether or not it's physical, emotional, or even sometimes the, the spiritual pressure that we may feel. And, and how do we respond when these things come? We think about it. Peter addresses this very well when he talks about it. And I'm going to read here. Anybody got a, a particular translation? Anybody like to read it? In verse chapter 1, verses uh, 1 through 9. And maybe someone can read the first uh, five verses, and then someone can read the last uh, four verses. Anybody got it? Okay, Jerry? Chosen and foreknown by God, the Father, and consecrated, sanctified, made holy by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and to the sprinkled with his blood, may grace, spiritual blessing, and peace be given you in increasing abundance, that spiritual peace to be realized in and through Christ, freedom from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts. Praised, honored, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Born anew to an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay, imperishable, unsullied and unfading, reserved in heaven for you, who are being guarded, garrisoned by God's power through your faith till you fully inherit that final salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. Amen. Amen. And God add his blessings to the reading of his word. Uh, powerful um, things there. He's talking about that we're elect. One of the things in the first few verses that we are God's call, God's elect in that. And so in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, the apostle wrote, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as though something strange was happening to you. When these things start happening, sometimes we think, why is this happening to me? This is a strange occurrence, it seems to me, and especially when we take and look at other people's lives because we very easily will slip into a pattern of comparing ourselves with somebody else. And say, you look at your neighbor and uh, you may say, well, they're not going through what I'm going through. And yet, you know, again, we don't know what they're going through. And more than likely, your neighbor is going through something or has been through something or will go through something in the near future. 
And yet, don't we sometimes go, why, is this something strange? It's not. He said, don't think it's strange. In other words, he's telling us, maybe as if you use the word warning, that these things will come. These things will come upon you. And, and Peter is wanting you to know, don't think that they're abnormal here. And so questions do come to our mind when we feel we're, we're doing our best to serve the Lord. That's one thing, too. And, and when we are hit with something unexpectedly, disappointment or hardships. You know, uh, Job has a lot of questions concerning the things that had happened to him. And his counselors really didn't help him, his so-called friends. And eventually they wound up saying, Job, you need to pray for us because we don't understand this. But God wants us to know is that when we're even saved, because a lot of times people will get saved and they believe, or maybe subconsciously, is that all their problems will go away. And that's not true. We're, as long as we're on this earth, there will be problems. There'll be health challenges. It seems that some face more health challenges than others and so forth. But more than likely, we will go through, obviously, some type of tribulation. So I want to look at it. How do we deal with this kind of trial? First of all, again, recognize that it's a common Christian experience here. It is not a shortcut to, obviously, bliss, necessarily. Now, God blesses us here in these things, and even when we're not going through there, when we kind of are on the mountaintops, as it may be said. God blesses during these times. But He has a higher purpose for you and for me when there are particular hardships that we're going through. There is a purpose behind it. And I know sometimes you say, but Jim, that's not real comfortable, comforting to me. But the truth of the matter is, if we know that obviously God may not have caused it, but no matter what, He has to have allowed it to happen in your life and my life, and it is to strengthen our faith. Now, you and I, and I, I don't believe I even have any inkling of understanding how strong pride is. Pride is very strong in our hearts. In fact, it's one of the, the most pr things that, that you don't even know it's there sometimes. And God will, will put us in a crucible, so to speak. And when the pressure's on, the trying of our faith, it really shows who we really are, isn't it? When we're going through pressured times, the revelation of who we are to ourselves, God already knows, remember? But we need to see that. And so we can come to the Lord and maybe surrender these things to the Lord. But we've got to recognize that it's a common Christian uh, experience here. Remember Jesus' words to his followers shortly before his death? John chapter 16 said this, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Why did Jesus tell his dis disciples that? He did it, obviously, that he didn't want, want them to be taken off guard. He did not. He says, you know, you're going to have troubles, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Something here is happening that you don't understand. I personally like the mountaintops. I love it. The air is clean. It's cool up there. And oh, man, I'm breathing good. The sights are beautiful. And it, everything is going real good. I love that. But you see, what really happens is in the valleys of life. It's in those hard times that we don't realize, that we, we maybe, you know, I'm an old country boy. 
And I know what a stuck pig sounds like when he, ski he squeals. We squeal like stuck pigs sometimes. Oh, what am I doing? What's going on here and, and all? And, and, and God is saying, I'm doing something here. Don't think that it's strange or it's, it's somehow not common. In Acts chapter 14, it says Paul's words to the early Christians, they preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. And then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith, you know? And I want you to know, I want you to remain true to the faith. I want this today is to somehow strengthen you that you will remain true to your faith here and to be faithful to the Lord, come rain or shine. But then in verse 22 it says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And the message paraphrase says it like this, making it clear to them that it wouldn't be easy. And so it's not easy, is it? Oh, all of you could say, Jim, I know what you're talking about here today. I know it has not been a, 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 you know, a skate walk. It's tough. There are problems on every side. There's different things happening in families. There, there's sufferings that we see happening all over and knowing. And certainly we know uh, God not necessarily calls him, certainly. But we know that it has to be sifted through his hands to touch one of his children. And Peter wrote, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. He says, Be equipped with this same attitude towards suffering that Jesus dem demonstrated. You know, what is the world's attitude towards suffering that Jesus demonstrated? He, he, you know, the, the world will try to avoid it at all costs. They will lie, cheat, steal, and by all means maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Jesus' plan and attitude was to maximize obedience no matter what the consequences were. Isn't that something? Completely the opposite of what the world tells us to do. They will do anything to try to alleviate that. And I'm going, man, this is a hard message. Remember last week, I believe, I, I was mentioning when there's a hard word, take up your cross daily, deny yourself, and follow Jesus. You know, crucify the flesh. All these words, you're going, wow, that's painful. Allow those hard words from the word of God to come in and change your heart to do something that only the Word of God can do. And so allow that to happen in your life. Allow this to come and somehow strengthen you and strengthen your resolve to say, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on going. You know, one of the prayers that we talked about it last Sunday while Jerry was out about the uh, acrostic or, or acronym fellowship. And I go through uh, fellowship each, each letter and F is uh, obviously asking God to impart that fear of God into my heart because I believe this country has lost its fear of God. I'm talking about an awe and respect of God Almighty. They've lost the fear of God. The second letter is E. And, and what I pray is endure. Lord, give me perseverance to endure. Give me patience to not give up. Give me endurance to press in 
until I see my breakthrough. Continue to do that in my life. And I do that. I pray that every day. I pray that for, obviously, the church. I pray that for you. I pray that we'll have that. I pray it for my family. I pray that we'll have endurance and all. Because let me tell you, life is tough. Life is, is tough. And, and it's not getting any easier. I thought, well, maybe as I got older that it would ease up a little bit. Maybe the pressure would ease up. No, it doesn't ease up. Ease up. The physical, spiritual, and, and the, the spiritual things and so forth. The only way I can survive is calling upon the name of the Lord, getting close to Jesus at that time. Peter's saying, don't think it's strange here, but J both James and Peter talk about various kinds of trials here we've got to go through here. And obviously, we, we think that uh, I'm the only one going through this. Now, you, you look around here, and you look at people's lives today, and you'll see somebody else is going through maybe something as bad, or maybe even worse than what you're going through. Don't think about it strange here, certainly. But certainly the Old Testament saints like Job and Joseph and Jeremiah and others didn't li live easy lives. And in Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, we're told that some were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, and they were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith there. Obviously, did all of that come upon them because they had no faith? No. It came, obviously, mostly as a reaction to their faith. Remember in verse 24 of Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He gave up the palaces of life. And he was mistreated and, and rather than the short, temporary pleasures of sin, and there, there, there's pleasure in sin, but it's for a brief time, he said, I'm going to cho choose to go the hard way. He could have gone the other way. You see, every day you and I make a choice which way we'll go. Every day we decide how we want to live our lives. But let me tell you, by listening today, being here, we can be reminded that God is working something out in all of these things here. You know, I love Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Listen to this. He says, Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I love that. Oh, Lord, I love resurrection power because I live by resurrection power. And I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. But he says something more in that same verse. Listen to this. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. I'm going, well, I like the resurrection power, but the fellowship in his sufferings? To go through the things like what Jesus went through? Paul says, I take pleasure in that because he realized down deep his eyes wasn't on the temporary. 
His eyes were upon the eternal aspect of life. And until we get our eyes turned to Jesus, until we understand how this all ends up, or actually begins, if you say it that way, then we'll never be able to walk successfully in the victory that God wants in our lives. We'll never do it. Because we think this is all there is. We hunker down on this earth, we hunker down and think the material pleasures that we, we have, the materialism and all the other types of fleshly pleasures we have are the way it goes. And it's nowhere and even close to what God has planned for His children. Hallelujah. Nowhere close. The inheritance, the rewards are far greater than we could ever imagine today if we remain and persevere, keep going, when dis disappointment or discouragement or those things hit us, we need to be reminded of these things here. We persevere. We endure them. We keep on keeping on no matter what. The second thing, thing is we allow trials to drive you to God, not from God. When trouble comes your way, you either become bitter or you become better, one or the other. Can't be too, you know. And then in James chapter 5, verse 13, he says, Is any one of you in trouble? Then he should pray. Trouble is a call to prayer. In Psalm 50, it says, And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Israel was in the wilderness and, and thought it was a time and a call to complain. It didn't work too well. God is saying, to draw near to him, and he will draw near to us. Now, here's how that works. Say you're, you're getting a challenge, you're, you're, you're faced with some real hardships, or you're faced with decisions that you don't know what to do, and, and you've got questions about this and that and so forth. Well, get before the Lord. Get in the presence of the Lord. Sit down with the Word of God there on your lap. And sit back and say, Lord, speak to me, and I'm coming to you because this particular situation is too big for me to handle. I can't do it. There's no way. In fact, I can't handle the small things of life. But I can't handle it. But I know you can. And your word says, to call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. I'll answer you. And, and you will honor me as a result of that. You said this, Lord. You promised this. Because his prom promises are true. And God is faithful. Let me tell you, if you don't ever remember anything about our God and who he is and his, his attributes, God is faithful. He is just and he's faithful. His justice will be served at the end of time. It will be poured out. And all of his people that we've learned about on Wednesday night and that we're learning about on Sunday is that he is just and his judgments are perfect. All of it's being done by a perfect God. He knows exactly what he's doing. So don't be offended because he does something that you may not understand or you may not like. Get in line with his will. Allow him to be able to do something in your heart that maybe only that trial you're in can do. It's hard. It's hard. It's an uphill battle. It's hard every day. Get before the Lord and you say, yeah, I've done that before. Did you wait on him? Did you keep coming? Did you keep on? And we've talked about that. And the lady there before the judge, she said, I'm, and obviously we don't, God is not like this in some ways, but something happens when you persevere and you don't give up. You keep praying until you get the breakthrough. You keep pressing into God until you get the breakthrough. 
You persevere until you see something happening. And let me tell you, it will happen. God will, will obviously teach you something in that time of waiting, but he will, he will respond to you. Why? It's because he's obviously, his word is true, and he's good to his word, so to speak. He's good to his word. You know, allow those trials to drive you to the Lord. You know, that uh, song, that hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. The words go, have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely upon ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many here. They were under great pressure here. And so here, why did God allow this to happen in Paul's life? Obviously, so that he wouldn't depend upon himself, but rather he would depend upon God. We are so easily will slip away into independence of our God so easily. That's that pride down deep in our heart. We slip away. We would never say that, but we do that and demonstrate that by not having prayer with him and Bible study and time with our, our, feather, our fellow brethren here, and we need each other. When I don't feel like praying sometimes, and we maybe things are coming in on me, let me tell you, I know my God has raised up something to pray, somebody else to pray for Jim Barcliffe, and he's done the same for you. Now, we have Jesus praying for us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that he sits, sits at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. We have the Holy Spirit who prays with moans and groans too deep for words. He's praying for you today. But he raises up people. Have you ever had somebody's name keep coming to your heart? You know, maybe coming to your mind and all that. And you're going, I wonder why that person who I had not thought about in quite some time, that name came to my mind. It could be that God is actually prompting you to pray for him. You go, I don't know how to pray. Go to the Lord with it. Pray. And say, Lord, cover them in your grace. Cover them in the blood of Jesus. I ask the Lord to cover us in the blood of Jesus every day. We're in a war. The devil wants to take you out and take me out. He doesn't want followers who will walk really closely with the Lord. He doesn't want us to grow in Christ. So we set, we're in a war. I cover you in the blood of Jesus Christ here. Troubles not only drive us to God, but also again to one another. Paul's human. He understood this. But also we need to put the trial into proper perspective here. doesn't mean that we deny the pain here and, and all but that, that we're experiencing. Paul said that that was all he could stand, but the sufferings of this world are not worthy to compare with the glory that awaits God's people here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse uh, 
7 through 18. Can you pull that up, Ed? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. Follow this one closely. This is one of my favorites. Of course, the word is my favorite, but I love this. There you go. Thank you, sir. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the exceeding greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side, yet not straightened, perplexed, yet not unto despair, pursued, yet not forsaken, smitten down, yet not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. But having the same spirit of faith, according to that which is written, I believe, and therefore did I speak. We also believe, and therefore also we speak. Knowing that he that raised us, the Lord Jesus, shall raise up us also with Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the grace being multiplied through the many may cause the thanksgiving to abound unto the glory of God. Wherefore, we faint not. But though, and here's the important thing, and I quote this many times, though our outward man is decaying, we're wasting away, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, and momentary, another translation says, which is for the moment, worketh for us more and more exceedingly in eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Thank you, Ed. He's saying we're wasting away. Oh, that's true. Aren't you glad <laughs> that you had the word of God? Aren't you glad? <laughs> I celebrate. That speaks to me. We're wasting away. It's not strange. And we're perishing. We're, we're wasting away on the outside. We're decaying on the outside. We know that. And yet something magnificent is happening on the inside of you and me as believers. We're actually being renewed day by day. We're actually, in one way or another, getting stronger inwardly. Maybe not outwardly, but inwardly. Because we're being prepared for that day when we face Jesus Christ face to face. And we talked about it last week. And when you look in his eyes, and you look into our Savior's eyes, will you be able to say, I've done what you've called me to do. I've fulfilled my destiny. I've fulfilled my, your plan for me. I've fulfilled my, your purpose for me. And you won't be ashamed. Now, I believe grace covers all. Don't get me wrong. We hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
enter into your inheritance. I want to be able to look in his eyes. Be able to say, in the hard times that, that obviously I, I thought was over a lot of question marks and, and all looked like maybe you went through some more difficult things than somebody else. And yet God says, I've told you all along, don't think that it's strange. These things are obviously there. Keep your eyes on those things that are not seen because those things are eternal. We get our eyes on those things that we can see. And the Bible says, and we know down deep in our hearts, that they're just temporary. Just temporary. Very, very short-lived. Uh, I've always said, the smell of a new car goes away real quick. Right? But let me tell you, get your eyes off of this world don't think the way the world thinks because obviously you'll be deceived and you'll get depressed here because trials expose our weakness tells who we really are we know god knows but when we see it and we yield our hearts to the lord i want to tell you that's when god works miracles and and works his grace in our hearts here but we don't lose heart in the midst of all these things happening Wonderful thing about it is, there's a twofold purpose of the trials that Peter describes in verse 7 that their faith may be refined and proved genuine, and that it may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. Now, any of you ever worked in a, uh, like a, a, a steel melting plant? Anybody here worked at? You, Kenny, said you did. You know what the smell is like, don't you? you know, that, that molten metal, it has a, I mean, just a real pungent smell to it, a distinct smell to it. I worked in the shipyard, and there was a lot of heating up of the metals and all really hot, and you could smell it. It, you know, get in your nose, it stuck with you and so forth and all. You know, it's kind of like that with our faith. He, he's like a refiner's fire. He turns it up to somehow... To, to draw those impurities off and out of our faith. That refiner's fire in those things. I'm telling you today to encourage you, not to discourage you. The word of God is to lift you up, but to let you know when these things happen here, it's about purifying our faith. And the only way it will happen is you and I will yield as God obviously turns sometimes the heat up to get us to a place of where he would have us to be. We would never do it unless God would do this. This world is not our home here. We're passing through. You know, we sung about it. Peter calls them chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. And if you're going through something now, it's a humbling experience here. But out, by outward appearances, it may, may not look like much, but, but you're chosen not just at a human level, but by the most high God, you are the apple of his eye. You're chosen. You're here because God has somehow placed in your heart. You need to hear the word of God. You need to be around brethren. You need to pray. You need to be in the midst of where there's prayer and there's different thanksgivings offered. You're here because God's divine purposes are being fulfilled in your life. I believe that obviously not knowing the day or the hour, only the Father knows, but we could be in the generation when Jesus comes back. I know that. I say that all the time. I'll continue. And we need to be ready. Live our lives accordingly. And don't think it's strange. You know, 
getting into the tribulation. Tribulation will be bad news, bad stuff. There are going to be a lot of people come to Jesus in that too. But the tribulation and the trials during that time are going to be horrible. It's going to be bad. You talk about the Battle of Armageddon, and, and uh, Tony Evans was talking about it too, the blood that would be up, and, and the Bible uses the term up to the, the bottom of the horse's bridle, you know. It's going to be bad when the people will come and fight, like the fight like we've never known, World War III, as it was certainly he calls it. Be bad. And all these things are in preparation for a higher purpose, and that is to be more like Jesus. He says that he's conforming us into his, his image here. And we see we have a living hope, a living hope. The world lives without hope. They have no hope. We have hope, and hope is obviously the certainty that God is who he says he is and the certainty that he will fulfill everything in this word infallible, inerrant word of God, the, the inspired word of God, everything. We have the hope. You want to know what the issue is? Get into the word of God. God will address it for you. God will speak to you. Verse, obviously, God's faithful no matter what. Remember what happened with the Hebrew children of Daniel's day? Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They said, well... You know, our God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, I'm, we're not going to bow the knee to you. We're not going to serve you. We're not going to bow to the idols. And they threw them in the fiery furnace. And the king looked and said, there are four people in the furnace now. Jesus was in there with them, a theophany of Jesus. He was there with them. And the only thing that got burned on those guys were the uh, shackles, the, uh, the bindings on their hands. That's the only thing that got burned off. They got free. They said, get them out of there. They can't, I can't kill them that way. You see, they persevered. They said, no matter what, no matter what, there's a song out by Ryan Stevenson now. It's called, No Matter What, I Will Serve You. No matter what trial I go through, no matter what tribulation I'll go through, no matter what, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be with you. I, want, I see my walk with you more important than the temporary pleasures of this world. And they are temporary. They last a very, very short time. Obviously, in our Christianity, if, if our Christianity leaves us bound by obviously and not delivered fully, then obviously ask God to work those miracles and, and obviously work through those things that you're going through here. But our priority many times is often to feel happy and enjoy ourselves. God's priority is this, and I'll read it in close. Romans 8, 28 and 29. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. God's first priority for you is to conform us and me, is to conform us to the image of Jesus, and he'll do anything to accomplish that particular goal. may not be easy. may not be a, a piece of cake here, but I believe that we can trust him. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Don't lean on your own understanding. You look at these things, you go, there's no way. Must be the devil. It could be. But let me tell you today, the devil has nothing on God, and somehow it had to go through God's hand and sifted to come and, and get to his children. You know, when you discipline, when we disciplined Allison when she was young at various times, we set boundaries. She said, I want to stay out till midnight. Sydney and I, we discussed it, and I said, no, you can't stay out till midnight because the people, the bad guys come out after, in, the, in the dark time, in, at night time. And the later it is, the more, drunker, more drunk they are, and the more problems are out there, and I don't want you on the streets. I want you in the house. By, by a, I think we said 10 or 11 o'clock, whatever. She, was, she wasn't that old at that time. But she was pressing hard. Well, all of my friends are doing it. I said, I don't care about all your friends. I said, I'm your daddy, and you're under this roof. And you do what I say do. Amen. And man, she didn't like that. Well, you're, you're a bad dad. You're bad. No, I'm not bad. I'm good. She pressed. She pressed. It hurt. And you know, probably hurt me in that sense, because I wanted her to have fun with her friends, than it did her in a lot of ways. She's, you know, but, but I'm just saying, sometimes when God says no, or he does something, you're going, I want my way. And he says, you're not going to get your way. And we start, obviously, squirming, because we... We thought it was going to work out this way, and God says, no, it's going to work out my way. And we think, oh, but you see, here's a song out now. He's a good, good father. He's good all the time. He doesn't change. The devil says he's a bad father because look how, what fun he's trying to keep from you. Well, God doesn't keep you from having fun. He keeps you out of trouble. We get in a whole heap of trouble if we didn't pay attention. And a lot of us, including myself, I haven't paid attention many times over the years. And I can vouch for you today, don't go that way, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, trouble will come. Don't think it's strange. Turn to the Lord in prayer and seek his face. Get into the word. Work to get your breakthrough. Let God bring you through it. He'll do it. And he does it every time if you rely and wait upon him. He's good. Isn't he good? He's good. We've got challenges. Paul says, I'm, I'm pressed on every side. I'm perplexed, but I'm not crushed. I, I'm, I'm pressed in, man. I feel pressure. You know, we're in a living in a life. We're living in a, a time, a period of time where we feel pressure, pressure got to do this. You know, God's answering prayer in this place. Okay? We waited on the Lord. We didn't know how we could do it. We didn't know how we would go through it. But God's now, at various times for each one of us, beginning to release those answers in your life. There have been many things. I believe God answered these prayers in here. He may say no or he may say wait. But if he knows, he knows what you need. You can trust him. He's totally trustworthy and he's also totally faithful. Any good? Any good? I'll read this. I'm going to read this. I want to thank y'all for starting too. Thank you for the music. 
Oh, I love this. This is from the Passion Bible. Wow. Thank you, Lord. And this is Psalm 63. Thirsting for God. Oh, God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described, such yearnings grip my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately with all of my heart and my arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you, for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You're such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you, reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. And with passion, I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I feel my soul close to your heart. Those who plot to destroy me shall descend into the darkness of hell and they will be consumed by your, their own evil and become nothing more than dust under our feet. These liars will be silenced forever. But with the anointing of a king, I will dance and rejoice along with all his lovers who trust in him read that again but with the anointing of a king I will dance and rejoice along with all his lovers who trust in him we'll join that throng of lovers when we all get together oh what a day of rejoicing that will be day we see Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your truth, your word. We just pray you'd encourage hearts in this place today. Maybe it's going through some real challenges, maybe uh, a lot of needs. There are needs. Just ask you to answer prayer, Lord, and let us dance and rejoice with all the other lovers who love you with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. I pray your blessing upon all here today. Decisions are being made as they give their hearts afresh, anew to you. Revive us again, O God. Renew our hope. Strengthen our hearts, O God, with your power and your might. And may Jesus be forever praised. It's in his name we pray. Amen.